Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines. I'm a pastor at Generations Church. Alongside of me is my co-labor of the gospel, Pastor Jeff Luddington, lead pastor at Generations Church. Jeff, how are you, sir? I'm well, man. Thank you. Cool. All you right. getting used to this, man? Now you settled in. You've done some podcasts with me. You getting, you getting your rhythm? I, th- I think so, man. It's, I'm getting <laughs> comfortable. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but... Uh... I'm liking it. Let's just say that. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Comfortable scares me. Liking it's good. All right. Okay, cool. Hey, all right. So today uh, we are going to do Lord's Day 9. If you're jumping in today, again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episodes prior on Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. We do an introduction and then we do a weekly podcast on that. Uh, Lord's Day is how it was written 450 years ago, meaning a Sunday. And so every Sunday they would give you a new study for the week. This was parents doing this with children, a father with a son, um, a discipler or a teacher with a disciple, and they did them each week. And so what we're doing really is week nine, or it's called Lord's Day Nine, and it's official version of the Heidelberg Catechism. And we're working through the Apostles' Creed. And so uh, in the opening days of this, in the opening study in the Heidelberg, we talked about our depth of sin, right? How sinful is humanity? In other words, How in need of a savior are we? And so we covered that. We turned the corner into the section we call grace. So we talked about guilt. Now we're in the grace section and it opened up with the Apostles' Creed, something written 1700 years ago that is a declaration of our faith that proclaims a Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And today it's going to press into who is God the Father. And so like we do each week, I'm gonna read the question Pastor Scott's going to read the answer, and we're going to go back and forth just like a father to a son or a teacher to a student. So question 26 says this, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? That the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by the eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father because of Christ, God's Son. I trust God so much that I do not doubt that God will provide whatever I need for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever adversity God sends me in this sad world. God, being almighty God, is able to do this. God, being a faithful father, desires to do this. I like that ending. Hmm. I love it, right? Yeah. So that the eternal father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? I love that. So again, if you have been listening, I love that the Heidelberg Catechism is personal. I ask a question that says, What do you believe when you say this? And you answer things like, you know, I trust God, I do not doubt. And so knowing that this is a memorized truth, that we are to memorize things about our faith that help us to have an answer. You know, if I ask you a question about your business, about pools, there's things that you have just learned and memorized about pH, about, you know, whatever, right? Things that I ask now because I have a pool and I'm asking you, yeah. but you know them, right? Uh, yeah. My job is to remember them. Well, this is what Christians would do. They would memorize these things so they had an answer, right? Well, tell me what that means. There's an answer. Yeah, and, and to, to point, it, I have programmed responses not to just sell a customer or anything, but because it's pool truth. There you go. And I want to have that truth on display 
immediately right. when they ask a question. Yeah, and that's how this catechism should be. It's not a sales pitch. Yeah. Right? I'm not trying to sell you anything. This is for the believer memorizing and understanding so that they can press into what it is we believe. I think there's a couple important things here uh, that this question and answer covers. The first thing is in the answer, it says that the eternal father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them. So that's the beginning that God, the father is eternal. Now people get this confused because human beings are also eternal in the, in a different sense, right? So you and I will live forever. We will either do that with Jesus or apart from Jesus. We will do that in his kingdom in heaven forever, or we will do that separated from him in hell forever. Like, so that's what Christians believe. Now, Christians don't like to say that, but we will live forever. It's either in heaven or in hell, right? That's, that's really what Christians believe. Now, we can have that conversation another day. That does come up later in the catechism, but we believe we will live forever. That's eternal. We'll live eternally, but we are not eternal beings. You and I, we have a beginning, right? Christians are um, passionate about uh, a right for life for unborn children in abortion, right? Like we push back against abortion because we believe life begins at conception when, as the Bible says, that God knits us together in our mother's womb, Yeah. right? Yeah. So we are not eternal as in having no beginning or eternal as in having no end, right? That we will live eternally one way or another, right? God is eternal in the sense that he has no beginning and no end. There is no creation of God. And that's what this, this passage really gets to the heart of. When we talked about the Trinity uh, uh, in, the, in, a, in, a, in a prior episode, we used the example out of Genesis 1.1, right? Verse 1 talks about God the Father, 2 the Spirit, 3 talks about the Word of God, meaning Jesus, right? So Genesis 1.1 says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, so when nothing existed before it all, before anybody wound up the clock, right? Before anything yeah. started, the green light goes, right? God existed. That God is eternal. No beginning, no end. That everything that was create, created was created by God. Anything we can see, taste, taste, touch, smell, right? The farthest expanses of the, the universe all the way down to the smallest uh, you know, microbiology, tiniest thing, all that God created. Impressive. Romans 1 says that sin or describes sin or, or defines sin as exchanging the truth about God for a lie and worshiping or serving creatures versus the creator. If we think about this, if God is uncreated and God created everything, right? Naturally, we go to uh, things about creation or evolution or whatever else. But just imagine this, that anything that exists, exists today, anything, anything created, right? We give our, we, we often give our hearts to, we give our hearts to money or uh, a wife or a family or, you know, sex or, you know, or, you know, power or whatever, right? Like our hearts are prone to being given over to something created and it draws us away from our creator, and so I love that God, is, that God is eternal both ways. No beginning, no end. But also everything else is created. Yeah, I heard a story once, uh, or it's a joke, but it's about a scientist who he finally gets all the pieces to create life. And he says, okay, God, we no longer need you. I can create life. And God says, great, let me see you. 
So he starts to gather his elements to create life. And God says, no, 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 no. Not with my stuff. Right. <laughs> create your own stuff. It, That's it's, funny. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a funny, there's a, I like MASH, old episodes of MASH, which I know are really old. But there's this one where they're, uh, Hawkeye and BJ are, are struggling to care for this person who needs, um, I think it's a kidney. And so, uh, you know, needs work on their kidney. They don't have the machine or anything. And uh, BJ asks Hawkeye, he says, you know, why can't we just build one? And, and Hawkeye says, well, the guy who built one before had a lab and he had all kinds of funding. And BJ says, well, we have what he didn't have. We have his notes. Like, you know, like it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. right, do this from nothing and you'll impress me. You know, yeah. sciences struggle to create life anyhow, but they can replicate what God created. Yeah, out of nothing. Right? It goes on and says that God still upholds and rules them, or meaning heaven and earth and all life, still upholds and rules all life by his eternal counsel and providence. Now, we're going to talk about that word providence in our next episode next week, so I don't want to dive too far on that, but it reminds us that God didn't just start something, right? He, it, it, this isn't some theism where God started it, like wound the watch and let it go, you know, set it up and let it do its thing. This is, God is still engaged today, right? So when you hear that and you hear about an eternal God, God who from nothing created everything, God who has no beginning and no end, how he stays involved in life. I mean, how does that make you feel? Well, it's definitely comforting uh, knowing that God is faithful and he's faithful to his promises. But I would say this, man, as, as we do read the catechism and we go through it, uh, things that help anchor it to my soul is being very honest with it. Um, it's not, it's one thing just to read it, the answers and have them, but to be honest, and when I do read that last answer, there's a, in the, pretty much the middle section, it says, I trust God so much that I do not doubt that God will provide whatever I need for body and soul and, and turn my good, whatever adversity God sends me into this world. But I, I wrestle with that sometimes, brother, sure. you know, it's, how would you encourage, I guess what the, re, the reason I pointed out is when I'm honest with scripture, it helps me anchor it because I get okay. to wrestle with it. But from a pastor to a pastor, I would ask you, how would you encourage someone who professes this statement but at times doubts it too? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, let me say a couple things. Uh, being honest with Scripture or being honest with God or being honest with one another means uh, this is where I'm really at. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like I say these words because that's the answer, but here's where I'm really at. Right? One of the biggest problems in the church today is this hypocrisy. This self-righteousness where we act like everything is good, but not everything is good, right? And I think you touch on something here that is incredibly important, and it's being honest, being, uh, you know, modern-day generations use that word transparent, right? That we would be transparent. And there, there's a level of that. Like, I, I'm not, you know, if I have an argument with my wife, I'm not going to get up here on Sunday in the pulpit and go, so I argued with my wife last night. Unless it's super relevant, I'm not going to put her on blast yeah. or bring it up. Like, it's... But when I'm sitting down with you and we're talking and we're being honest with each other, there's, I need to be honest with you. You need to be honest with me. And so you ask a great question. This answer says, I trust God so much that I do not doubt, right? Like it, that's what it says. And I, you know, that God will provide whatever I need for body and soul and turn to my good, whatever adversity God sends me in this sad life. So I trust God so much that I don't doubt and that anything that's going on, God's going to provide and that anything that goes wrong God is going to turn to good, even in this jacked up, broken, sinful, messy world, right? So I would say this to encourage, that's your question. What would you say to encourage someone who doesn't feel that way, right? Who is struggling, 
who, if they're honest with themselves, doesn't trust God that much or doesn't believe or does doubt, right? First thing I would say, if anybody said that to me, just like you just did, I'd say you're not alone. We all struggle, mm. right? In that last episode, we talked about the Trinity. We talked about mystery and paradox. Like we talk about wrestling with things, pushing and pulling on the truths of God so that we can own them for ourselves, right? I trust in God so much that I do not doubt that God will provide. Like that is a statement that is so hard to live up to, right? The difference between the second thing, so I would say you're not alone. That's the first thing. And then the second thing I would say is this is a catechism. This is memorized truth. This is what Christianity professes and believes. This does not mean we don't struggle to live up to it, right? Like it. So the answer is that God will provide. The answer is that God will turn to good, whatever adversity God sends me. Now, it just said God sent me adversity. Mm. That's a whole other thing. So next week when we talk about providence, right, we'll touch on some of that. That's good. But it is a belief that God, the eternal no beginning, no end, all-powerful, creator of everything is enough for me. But it goes on, it says, God being almighty God is able to do this. That's his ability. But God being a faithful father desires to do this, right? That's his personhood. So God is able to care for us and God is willing to care for us. Reminds me of that man in the gospels who says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus says, I am willing. Yeah. be healed. And I also think too, Luke, that, that um, it's coming to my head. I don't know the exact address. I believe it's somewhere around chapter nine, but the gentleman tells, um, Lord, I believe, but help me with my, Oh, it's one of my favorite prayers. Yeah. It's such a, such an honest approach to God. And, yeah. and you look at Jesus' response. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. It's great. So I say that, by the way, just so if you're listening, you're not confused by that. I said, that's my, one of my favorite prayers. So that isn't a prayer from him. He's looking to Jesus, which uh, functionally, when you're talking to Jesus, that's yeah. like I am when I pray, right? But he is having a, a man-to-man, if you will, conversation with the God-man yeah, Jesus, right? right? <laughs> you know, whatever he understands about that at that point in time, we know is God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right? But he is having that conversation like I am with you, right? And he says, I believe, help me in my unbelief. I have prayed those exact words, I mean, countless times. Like, I wouldn't even know hundreds and hundreds, yeah. and, if not thousands, right? Like, God, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And I think that's the answer to your question here, right? Or that's the answer to all of us who struggle, is I do believe what God professes is true. Sometimes I wonder if it's going to happen for me. Mm. So here's what it says. That God being almighty God is able to do this. I believe that. Yeah. And God being a faithful father desires to do that. That's where I struggle sometimes. Yeah. I'll give you a real personal example, right? Again, I, I said earlier, you know, if I got in a fight with Lisa the night before preaching, I, I wouldn't go air it out, right? <laughs> but there are some things that are personal that we need to be transparent about our struggles that are appropriate. And I'll tell you one for me is uh, this month, in fact, it's next week, will be 17 years Lisa's been sick. She's been bedridden for most of the last 17 years. Wow. Okay? So that came on overnight, out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, we've been married for over 20 years now, just over 20 years. We had our 20th anniversary early this year. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. But consider that, 17 out of 20 years, right? So really... Wow. I've been, I, we were married three and a half years when she got bedridden sick, right? 
So I have prayed this prayer many times, God, I believe you can heal her. But if I'm honest, I often don't believe he will heal her. I know he can, right? God, it healed me of a drug addiction, a 17-year drug addiction. So right at this point in my life, at 17 years sick for her, 17 years addicted for me, God stripped me of a, a, took away, healed me overnight, miraculously healed me of a drug addiction. And I've never used ever since, right? And I've struggled with every other thing in the world, but God knew I needed that in that moment. And he was a good God. Well, God is still good and God is still able. We live in a broken world. And so sometimes I let things creep in and I, I struggle with my belief that God will. Now, I know there's, there's some faith healing people that are listening right now going, see, that's why God doesn't heal, because you lack faith. You got sin in you got the... That's not true. Yeah. Right? I mean, even Jesus has to touch a guy twice at one point, a blind man twice, right? What was that? You know, definitely wasn't a lack of faith on Jesus' part. So I would say this, man, we live in a broken world. God is able. God is good. Sometimes we struggle with his ability to fix something broken, right? We feel like, man, this is just so jacked up. How could it possibly be broken? Yeah. How could it possibly be fixed? Or sometimes we struggle with, will he do it? And I have to struggle with both. I think that's where we need to be encouraged. This is what we profess to be true. And then we, we struggle and try and give our effort to live towards it. Yeah, I think of my son. He often is a good, he's a good young man. And, and he, you could tell he's always trying to please me. And so I'm like, hey, son, um, I'm trying to encourage him on his skateboarding or his drawing career he wants to pursue as a 10-year-old boy. So I'm trying to encourage him. And I always find that sometimes he, he struggles to tell me his doubts. Mm. And I'm like, son, I have this for you. No, I got it, dad. I got it. And he has like, right. it's pride, you know, at his sure. young age. And it, but it's birthed out of not a disbelief in me, but a desire to prove to me, but from his own efforts. Mm. And so it, it helps me learn sometimes from God's perspective as I look at my son, like, okay, now I'm going to show him some grace. That's good. Show him some comfort. Just to remind him, hey, son, I'm yeah. your father. You don't have to impress me. I love you. I just want to show you some new tricks. You know, that reminds me of a, <clears throat> excuse me, as I said it, I didn't like the way I said it. But I said, this is what we profess we believe, and then we struggle and try to live to it, or something like something to that effect. I just said just five minutes ago. Um, this is, we profess this is what we believe, right? Yeah. And then sometimes we struggle and we try really hard to live to this. And a lot of times that's just not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be submitting to Jesus, not struggling and trying, like, like you say with Ryan, right? And so I find myself often trying to believe when what I really need to be doing is resting in the God who created me. And I think there's, maybe it's a, it's a minor twist, but it's a twist, right? Of, hey, this isn't about me trying to believe or trying to achieve. It's me submitting to a God who has always been faithful and knowing that God is still God. Uh, maybe it's just learning how to apply your faith. But anyhow. Mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is great, man. It's great, honest conversations about deep theology, you know, Bible, biblical teachings, and uh, it's just it's good stuff, man. So just want to thank everyone for listening to the Generations Church podcast. Please give it a share and or write a review wherever podcasts are found. Once again, thank you very much. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Gin Family Church.